Tennessee Holler, TNHoller.com is where you can find us. I am Justin. We also have hollers all throughout the state now, and that's thanks to your support. So chip in if you can. We'd also like to send a shout out to Lisa Parker, buying or selling a home in Middle Tennessee. Do it through her. That's a way to support us. We also now have a new sponsor, Rubenfeld Law Office. We appreciate their support also. Today, we are going to talk to Cindy Schumann, who's here joining us from Cookville. She wrote a letter in the Herald Citizen recently that caught my eye, caught a lot of people's eye. It was a strong statement that she put out about her feelings about the Putnam County Republican Party she used to lead. She was the Republican Party chair now sent out a warning saying the people that are running the party now are people to be wary of. And, you know, she had some very strong words and that's not something that we see happen too often, especially here in Tennessee. So I wanted to talk to her today and give her a chance to kind of elaborate why she said that and and what she meant by it. Sydney, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I really do appreciate you coming on here. Probably took a lot to write the letter that you wrote to the Herald Citizen. It says, community should not trust Republican leadership. The end of the letter, I thought, sort of summarized the whole thing, and we can kind of go into it a little bit, but it said, I'm appalled at the bottom feeders of the current Republican Party's leadership. To be so filled with malice and hatred, the community should not trust any of these PRCP board members, especially if they're running for office, nor support their businesses when they're clearly racist. Those are really strong words. What made you decide to write that? I am the executive director of Impact leadership leadership program. We service underrepresented populations. We offer a leadership program that is typically unaffordable to many underrepresented people. It doesn't mean people of color, but primarily in this area, poverty is more likely to be with people of color. Now that's the Cookville area. Monterey, their poverty is largely Hispanic. So it does vary. And I know that the greater Appalachia area has a lot of Caucasian poverty as well. There's just in general, a lot of poverty in Tennessee, but we developed a program to encourage, motivate, educate, include people that could not otherwise afford leadership training. We introduce them to many nonprofit boards and try to match them with a board so that they get invested in the community. I wrote this because I think that it was stooping to a new low to attack a nonprofit. All of the nonprofits that share social conscious efforts all feel like if they can attack impact, they can attack any one of us. That was one issue. The other issue is we have a very strong DEI program and policy. DEI stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion. We encouraged people that are underrepresented to try to run for office and get involved in the community so that their voice could be heard. Affiliated with Impact or Impact Leadership, there were three African-American candidates who ran for office. So those three African-American candidates were targeted So I felt it was not only bottom feeding to pick on a nonprofit, but to target the only three African-Americans running in local election. They got dirty in this campaign. It's insensitive to 
any people of color. It's insensitive to all of the corporations that follow federal policy to have a DEI program. It's insensitive to the work of the Highlands Economic Group. The county is 70 to 80 percent Republican. If almost every elected official is Republican, they didn't have anything to worry about to go this low. Instead of saying, gee, these are some positive reasons why you should vote Republican, fiscal responsibility, smaller government, whatever they wanted to say. But I was absolutely incensed at this kind of attack on their website, Don't Pelosi Putnam. Okay, so let's talk about Don't Pelosi Putnam. Don't Pelosi Putnam is a website that was created. I think the Putnam County Republican Party has their name on it so they're behind it yes. openly what did they say about these candidates on don't pelosi putnam that bothered you so much because again just for people who are just joining us the letter in the herald citizen that cindy wrote was very strongly worded clearly racist should not trust them filled with malice and hatred bottom feeders so what was it specifically that caused you to speak so strongly about the leaders of the party you once led in the attack on impact, the creation of that don'tpelosiputnam.com, they use an antiquated, outdated definition of diversity that refers to physical characteristics, like right out of post-slavery days, when people would try to say diversity is, even if the, the skin color might not be as dark as you would refer to a black person, a broad nose, thick lips, or... I mean, it's a very antiquated, in this divide and conquer idea, they said diversity starts with DIV, and so does divide. And it's hard to argue with stupid. One of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you is, you know, you're talking about your party in Cookville, but these are issues that are in the Republican Party, in the whole state, and in, in the whole country, really. You know, you mentioned DEI, and you're talking about it as a, as a positive. You'd be in the minority in your party. I agree with you, and I know a lot of people do. But that in itself has become an act of bravery in today's Republican Party. Do you find there are people who think DEI is a positive in the Republican Party these days, or are you in the minority there? Well, based on my letter to the editor, I have received tons and tons of people in this community who feel the same way I do. Good. Largely be Republican. I believe in reaching across the aisle. Inclusion well, is inclusion. What we're doing here today. <laughs> yeah. The way the country has been polarized, everything is politicized. It doesn't matter if it's issues at church. Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts issues in the political arena been terribly divisive. It's just awful. I've never seen it like this before. I didn't know if what you were talking about had to do with this, but I do want to at least mention it because it feels at least adjacent to the issue that you're talking about, which is this mailer that went out about city councilman Mark Miller. This was the mailer, King of the Cockroaches. Don't Pelosi Putnam was the website that was on it. Again, that website is linked back to the Republican Party. This was on the back. Promotes diversity, knows gays, globalist, believes in science, time to drain the swamp, call the exterminator. Really, really ugly stuff. Right when that happened, the party itself came out and said, we didn't have anything to do with this. Dave Rowland, who is involved with the party, has been involved with the Don't Pelosi Putnam website, also said this was meant to smear us. I couldn't help but notice in all of the posts saying that this was intended to smear the party and Dave Rowland, they always link back 
to Don't Pelosi Putnam, even with their $500 reward. So even though they're saying this wasn't them, they are sort of benefiting from it by using this incident to drive traffic to Don't Pelosi Putnam, which is the website that you are talking about. So I have to ask you, first of all, what are your general thoughts on that mailer? Does any part of you think that this is all some diabolical scheme to drive traffic to that website? I sent a message to Mark Miller. Yay, you know gays. Yay, you believe in science. Yay, you believe in diversity. I mean, what better reason to vote for somebody? How are you a Republican? Because I'm a Republican with a social conscience. Okay. I moved here from the Chicago area, which is largely democratic. Diversity there is a way of life. It's not even a conversation. Right. Here, I feel like I'm in the middle of the Hatfield and McCoy where there's a Bible in one hand and a gun in the other. And oh my God, you better not touch my second amendment right. But heaven forbid that you give rights, amendments 13, 14, 15 to anybody else. Hypocrisy of the Bible and the gun. That was more culture shock moving here than living in Egypt for a month. But how did you become the chair of this party? Because first of all, when were you the chair of the party? I guess I, I don't Four know Four years ago and six years ago. Okay, so recently. So have you really seen the party shift that much just in that short amount of time? Yes. And do you think it was Trump? Yes. I totally believe that Trump gave the voiceless a voice, which many elite politicians do not. And that is division in and of itself. And it's frightening. Hold, hold on. Let me just, just make sure I understand what you're saying. You believe that he gave the voiceless a voice, meaning, meaning in, your, in your eyes in a positive way or a negative way? I think it's positive because rural people were not being included in a lot of political agendas. Okay. But because Trump also seemed to open the door for kind of the white nationalist attitude. It has empowered and emboldened them. And they don't see diversity as a positive thing. People are thanking you for speaking out right now. I want you to know that we even have state representative Gloria Johnson on here saying it's most often the women who have the courage to stand up and speak out, which she is a living, breathing example of up on the hill. I think you're onto something there. I think he did sort of tap into something where people were feeling unheard, made them some promises. We could probably argue whether or not he kept some of those promises. It was kind of the Trojan horse for the faction that you're talking about to sort of take over the party, which seems to have happened. And you are maybe a living, breathing example of that. Now the party has become that, I would say, more nefarious faction of the people that we're talking about. You know, he may be gave voice to the white rural voter, but also gave voice to the white Christian nationalist. As Marjorie Taylor Greene just said openly, you know, that's what they want to lean into now. And we're seeing that more and more, especially here in Tennessee, where I believe that has really taken hold. Overall, would you say it has gone too far? Well, of course. I call it the lunatic fringe, you know, the bell curve, either the right or the left. They both have that lunatic fringe. It's interesting since most all of our elected officials, our, our county mayor and our city mayor, have both openly said they were Republican. They have both supported impact. Elected Republican officials and the judges would all be more moderate. And so for the party to stoop to this new low, this does not have their stamp of approval at all. I want to point something out here. You, you are extremely brave for writing what you did. In in many ways, more brave than Cheney 
you know, she's in DC <laughs> safe up there. You're in Cookville. Like, you know, anybody who's watching this right now, we all know what it's like to be in, in rural Tennessee where you don't have really a platform other than writing a letter like that. That's why I wanted to lift up what you did here. Cause I think it's really commendable, but this momentum that you're talking about that has taken your party from you to what's in there now that you call hate filled and racist, that momentum is not going to stop until people like yourself, more than just you, not only write letters, but also decide it has gone too far. I can't, I can't continue to support this with my volunteer efforts, with my vote, with my money, that kind of thing. Is there any chance of that happening? Like, I'm, I'm not here to pin you to the wall on like, who are you supporting in an election or anything like that? But at what point does it go too far where you have to show that there are some consequences for your own party in the form of your support? Absolutely. The problem with voting is it always takes two, four, six years sometimes to transition a community. It's hard when you don't want to blast the level-headed, logical, critical thinking, conservative, moderate Republican who is in office. So I don't want to blast all of the Republicans because we do have some very good Republican leaders. It's the ones who have hijacked the party with dominance and domineering attitudes. So for example, in that Don't Pelosi Putnam, they refer to us as cultural Marxists. And I beg to differ with you that the brown shirts of the Nazis and the black shirts of the fascists were the domineering hijackers, not the moderate people. I think we would have a different definition of moderate, though, probably, because I think the people that you're talking about that are the, the good, well-meaning leaders of the party, like at the end of the day, a lot of them vote the same way, say a lot of the same things. It just might be not the kind of blatant racism that you're talking about. So, And, and that's, I guess, a story for a different day. It seems like in Cookville and rural Tennessee, the word Democrat has a very distasteful meaning out there. Would you agree with that? Like what, what does the D mean to people in your area? I know that it means liberal. Most rural people are Republican because they're not liberal. What does liberal mean to you? I hope it's okay that we're having this conversation. It's one that I've been dying to have with someone like yourself for a very long time. I'm fascinated by it. I'm not trying to put you under the gun here. I just think we're having an important conversation here and I want to try to drill down on it a little bit. I hope that's all right. That's fine. Okay. I believe that sociology of society changes almost every decade, but certainly every two. Growing up in the 50s, we saw tremendous change in the 60s. They fought capitalism with the concept of free love until they grew up. We all kind of buy into capitalism with the idea of freedom and the American dream. If Americans struggle to achieve that with guidelines, social behavior concepts, then what I think sometimes happens with liberal agendas, they take the, the rug out from under, they pull the bottom out and say, it's open and free to anybody. So you're talking about immigration? Well, may, maybe. I'm not opposed to immigration. And, and I don't, the reason I'm asking you this is like, you know, you, you just said that you think Mark Miller knowing gays is a good thing, which is not something that, you know, a lot right. of Republicans would say believes in science. Good thing. You know, fighting for DEI. You think it's a good thing. Good like thing. These are all, you know, ideals that most liberals, all liberals, frankly, would agree with, you know. So I'm just wondering, like, you're using liberal as a bad word, which is normal. I mean, I understand that here in Tennessee, that is a bad word. Like, I've come to understand that in my six years here. I'm just wondering, like, what it triggers in your mind when you think of liberal. Like, what is, what's the issue? Being physically responsible. Okay. 
it could be just the narrative that I hear. I, I can't validate it for sure. There's always complaints about Democratic-run areas are the least physically responsible. I know that Tennessee is very... It's not, it's not true, by the way, but go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, eight of the 10 poorest states are, are red states. So I'm just saying, but I, I understand that that's the narrative. But the state, Tennessee, is not in the red. It's in the black. If you'll permit me to answer that one. Go uh, ahead. Okay. So you're right about that, but we also get 40% of our budget from the federal government. So basically, we say we're fiscally responsible, but we're a taker state. We're one of the most dependent states in the country. So we take money from the federal government, and then we debt shame the federal government and claim to be fiscally responsible. If the federal government were to cut off Tennessee tomorrow, we would have a real problem. That poverty that you talk about, which we're at the bottom in poverty, at the bottom in infinite maternal mortality, we would have a real problem on our hands if that federal government we debt shame all the time were to cut us off. So, so that would be the counter to that. And I'm not trying to convert you here today or anything no, no, like no, that. No, no, no. But, and I agree with that. And I would also add, Tennessee doesn't quite dole out the money for education the way many other states do. Very true. Exactly. So there's a whole laundry list of those. And I see Gapper, yeah. I'll get to your comments later, Gapper, but I see you saying, so those Democrat rent cities in those red states have nothing to do with it. The truth is Nashville, especially here in Tennessee, subsidizes hospitals and schools in the entire state to an outrageous degree. So you have that completely backwards. That's a story for another day. I want to talk to Cindy a little bit more. Before I do, I want to show I'm not the only one who's proud of her for taking the stand. Her granddaughter has also spoken up. This is her granddaughter on Twitter saying, proud of grandma for using her voice and resources to shed light on issues within the Cookville Republican Party. So what you've done here is really quite brave. We really do appreciate it. And it's I think it's important that we say that in the same way that it's important that, you know, even though I disagree with Rep Cheney on a lot of things, I think it's really important that she stood up for democracy. Have you watched those hearings, by the way? I guess I'd, I'd ask you that one. I have watched some of them. Look at you. You are like passing with flying colors this test. Do you think anybody else in Cookville has watched? Yes, I oh, do. good. Because it's been conversations with some of my colleagues. Wow, that's fantastic to hear. Speaking of conversations in Cookville, you have Dave Rowland. He is a prominent figure in the party, in conservative circles. I believe he was in D.C. on January 6th. He owns billboards in the yeah. area, multiple billboards, and programs them regularly, like almost in direct response to what's going on in the news. How much of a factor do Dave Rowland's billboards have and play in the conversation in Putnam County? Well, in this instance, huge. The idea to smear good people, Mark Miller, Mark Hutchins, Rob Owens, D. Prince, Jenny Wheeler, Luke Eldridge, three white, three African-American. All of them have been in service to this community in phenomenal ways. To put up a big billboard showing voting records, who voted Democrat, who voted Republican. They did that? Oh, yes. In that Don't Pelosi Putnam, it's there also. There's three tabs. But the interesting thing is there's a Republican running. And because he's Republican running, they didn't show his record, but he voted Democrat in 2020. Interesting, the hypocrisy, the way they want to define 
an independent as really being a wolf in sheep's clothing because they're really a Democrat. The hypocrisy behind everything that they're doing is just so flawed. It's so blatant. I would have been a fool not to call them out. Well, it's great that you did. And just to go back to real quick, the billboards, that impacts conversation in Putnam County and Cookville in a real way? It did. People have their sphere of influence. My sphere of influence is not the same as Dave Rowland's. So he has his group of people that are praising him for doing what he's doing. And I have a group of people that are grateful. I just am going to say it. It's bullshit. You're allowed to say that on here, Cindy. First oh, away. <laughs> you have good people in this community. We all pulled together for the tornado. Nobody was asked what their political affiliation was. Nobody was disregarded because of the color of their skin. Nobody went without diapers or food or a place to live. I marveled at the unity only to come back for an election year to this bottom feeding pig pen smear campaign. It's so, awesome. So I completely agree with you, you know, and especially in the primaries where it becomes kind of a race to the bottom. But at the end of the day, we are a two-party system. I wish we weren't, but we are. The only real counterbalance we have to what you're talking about is the Democratic Party. Now, you could argue that right now it's not really one in the areas like Cookville and Putnam because it's not really happening there. And, and maybe people need to run independent and maybe that's really the answer. I don't know. But what I would ask is like, and you don't have to do this if you don't want, but as an exercise, if you were to walk into the Putnam County Democrats meeting or the Tennessee Democratic Party meeting, what would your advice be to Democrats if they were to try to be a more relevant counterbalance in a place like Putnam County? Well, I've only lived here since 2011, but I will tell you the first few people who voted Republican in Putnam County, they tell funny stories about going to vote Republican and they were told they can't because there were no Republicans. Vote. I hear about that too. That was the whole state. Yeah, the state yeah. was blue until about so that. So when yeah. the Democratic Party changed, yeah. and now what I think we're looking at is the Republican Party might be changing. Probably a lot of switching that's going on. The truth is, I don't think anybody anymore is a true Republican or a true Democrat, unless they're in the lunatic fringe maybe. But on any given issue, we all kind of have lived experiences, whether it's relative to the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, gun control or freedom of speech. I think freedom of speech should be tempered with as much truth as possible, but that doesn't apply anymore. And especially with politicians, it seemed to have evaporated. Abortion, the overturning of Roe versus Wade. I think How is that playing there? Both sides have feelings about it. but Are there any Republicans that think this might have gone too far, like forcing teenage girls to carry the term that have been raped by uncles, you know, that kind of thing. Is that something that doesn't sit well? Abortion doesn't sit well. You have a double whammy here with the Bible belt. Quite often until it's in your home, until it happens to your child or, or your family in some way, you don't have a credible opinion to add to the trauma. And to make it illegal is just another trauma. But on the other hand, letting it be birth control, letting it go beyond the first trimester, all of those things affect people and they affect people differently. Only because you're like dangerously close to actually outlining a compromise of some sort there, which again, I say every time I talk about this, I am not the authority on my opinion doesn't matter on this, but you sounded like you were almost thinking 
well, if it was closer to the first trimester, there was some way to have it not be birth control that you do think like safe and legal in some circumstances, which I think is actually where most of the country is, might play a little bit better. So I think you're hinting that there might be more common ground than we realize, even on a topic like abortion. But like this conversation right now that I'm having with you, which I really appreciate, by the way, I've been trying to have this conversation with somebody for a really long time. And when I asked you, I thought you were going to ignore me. You took me up on it, which I was shocked by. You know, I just think these conversations don't happen enough. There aren't spaces where they have happen. There aren't rooms where they happen. There aren't TV shows where they happen. I do believe that we actually have a chance to find more common ground than we realize. There's just not a lot of opportunities for us to find it. It makes me sad. It is. It's sad. It's sad when people aren't recognized for their diversity, their diversity of thought, their diversity of experiences. The the thing I liked a lot about Mother Teresa is that she gave the worst of the worst people dignity. And that's what I think is missing in a lot of these divisive arguments, just giving people their dignity. I have a hard time arguing with ignorance. We applied a principle that you can't force diversity without educating first. And in our program, we educate them to what cultural diversity is because it isn't just skin color. In fact, only one one thousandth of your DNA determines your skin, hair, and eye color. 999 thousandths of your DNA is the same as somebody else's. That's good to know. I didn't realize that. Just the fact that you exist is a little eye-opening for for me anyway, that there are Cindy's out there. I don't know how many of you there are. So I, I want we've talked a lot about how we got here. I want to talk a little bit about where we're going before I let you out of here. And you've given me so much of your time. I appreciate it. I think it's safe to say you're in the minority in your party with a lot of these positions that you're taking, which may be why you're not the chair anymore. I don't know. No, where- the chair has terms. I might be the minority here yes. in this geographic area, but I wouldn't be the minority everywhere. So you don't think so. Okay. So that's what I'm asking because I am not a fan of the former president. I do believe he still has a pretty strong hold on the party. As far as where we're going next, do you think it's possible for people who share more of your views to take control of this party? Or do you think the people you keep calling the fringe, who I kind of would argue maybe are not as fringe as one might believe the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the world. Like, I think she could win an election here. Do you see your party coming back from the ledge or do you worry that we're just getting started? I worry that there, there'll be some kind of a, a shift, a transition, a split. We certainly saw that over the last maybe 30 years with the Democratic Party. I think we could see that with the Republican Party. It's not, we're not galvanized. It's creed or chaos, right? If we don't all have the same creed, and we're not galvanized, then there's there's chaos. There's a void to be filled. Somehow it's going to be filled. Well, I hope that you're one of the voices that helps to fill that. Just as a final question here, and you don't have to answer it, but I, I just, it's eating at me, so I have to ask it. Could you ever bring yourself to vote for a Democrat? Absolutely. Look at that. I'm going to leave it there. Cindy, thank you so much for listening. I hope you and I can keep talking. If you ever have any questions about anything, I'd love to be a sounding board for you, not publicly if necessary, publicly if you want. But, you know, I think it's important to have this dialogue. So I hope we can keep this bridge open. I really, really appreciate you coming on here. And I know your your granddaughter does too. Thank you for your time. <sighs> wow. That was something else. I'm really happy that happened. Did not expect it to. 
ever. <laughs> what a pleasant surprise that was. I'm up at the Capitol a lot. They don't want to talk to me. Granted, I'm usually asking tougher questions, but I asked some tough questions and she answered them. There's some insights there that I really didn't expect to hear that there are Republicans who don't think DEI is the end of the world and who actually think diversity is a good thing and who thinks nose gaze is a plus. I, I wasn't sure they were still out there, <laughs> especially in Cookville and Putnam County, a genuine relief writing letters in, in Putnam County, in the Herald Citizen. Like I ran for Congress. Most of my district was very red. They haven't talked to a Democrat in a really long time. So to write a letter in a paper like that takes some real guts. And what we were missing right now, Republicans with guts, frankly, to stand up to their own party because there's only so much Democrats can do to push back. It gets dismissed because it's where it's coming from. They can say the same things, but it's going to have a lot more of an impact if it's coming from Cindy. If that letter was written by Gloria Johnson, nobody would have cared. Same exact letter, same words, but coming from a former Republican Party chair it means a lot. I would hope that more Republicans out there look at the situation right now as an opportunity. Even the slightest level of courage is going to be heroic right now. Kinzinger and Cheney and even Pence, they're doing their jobs. They're just not overthrowing democracy, not participating in an insurrection. Like that's the bare minimum, but that's heroic right now. I believe we're very close to the edge. And I, I didn't say this to Cindy. I'm very concerned about where we are right now in terms of our democracy. You know, I think the people that she's warning about have a much firmer grip on her party and the state, frankly, than people realize. And if what's going on here is also going on in some of these other state houses, and we get to a point in a few years where we have another contested election or we have somebody else, if Trump runs again, let's say, loses but says he wins, and now we've got things being thrown back to the state legislature, and you've got secretaries of state and governors that have committed to questioning our election and saying it was stolen, where will we be in January of 2025? Where will we be? I think it's people like Cindy that have the power to save us from that place. Barbara says we're in a failed democracy, which it's kind of what I'm saying, but I, I don't want to say that because like, I still believe we can come back from this somehow. Kim saying, well, it was a good experiment. Uh, you guys, let's see what else. As a Canadian, I'm terrified about your democracy. Peaceful blessings be with you, Zena. You are right to be scared. And then Don again says we are teetering on the edge of the abyss. 2022 and 24 will be messes, disasters, catastrophes. That's very much what I'm worried about. And I don't frankly see enough concern about it, even still, in our public discourse. And so I have taken to this platform as much as I possibly can to sound the alarm. And I hope that you will take this message to the people in your lives. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Please spread the word and encourage the Cindy's of the world to speak out also. Tennis.